This one's going to be a uh, bit of a special one for the members, of course, for the uh, Patreon bonus show, guys. They're going to get a video content for this one, so good day to all you guys. Um, but for the, of course, for the normal listeners, this will go up as per a uh, usual podcast. Last one for the year, you're going to be wrapping up um, season, well, not season four, but wrapping up 2021 with this episode. We do have a guest on, of course. The uh, people watching the video can actually see our guest at the moment, but I'll bring him into the conversation shortly. In the meantime, of course, I'm uh, joined by good old mate Andy Soames is here with us as well. Andy, how you going, Andy? Good afternoon, General. Going very well, as usual. Yeah, it's good to see you again, mate. Um, good to catch up well, with you at yesterday's rally too, mate. Hey? Yeah, it was good, wasn't it? Big turnout. It was. We had about... Uh, my best guess for me, I reckon, probably close to 100K was there, about 100,000, I reckon. Between 75 to 100, uh, but definitely a big numbers at this uh, at that Brisbane rally. It was awesome. Um, yeah. You had a good feeling about that one? Did you hang around? You you, you kind of left just oh, after the march like we did, I think? I think I think we left at similar times. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, yeah, Ethan, so, um, Ethan hung around, though. Ethan's with us as well on the call. Hey, boys. How cool. are we? Good to be here. Hey mate, what did you? Yes, mate, I did stick around. Yeah, how was it? How was the uh, festivities at the end of the rally there? Because there was, um, it wasn't oh, it was really good, a rally, mate. was it? It was like a festival. I think that's what they were sort of calling it. It was a festival, a freedom festival. Yeah, it was more so a festival, you know, in response to the fact that specifically the Queensland government said unvaccinated people can't hold outdoor festivals. So the day after that come in, it was time to have an outdoor festival. So that's what we did, and. There was a march involved, which was a, it was a really good march through West End and through South Brisbane, a bit of a change through some, you know, packed bars and venues. But afterwards, there was music and entertainment and, um, you know, everyone was having a good time, having a few drinks and partying and picnicking and kids everywhere on playgrounds and face painting and everything. So it was good. Went uh, till 9 p.m. And uh, everyone was all, it was really good. There was no no rubbish everywhere. There wasn't uh, any fights and festivities. It was just a really good gathering of freedom campaigners. Yeah, good to see. I, I saw that bit of footage. I was actually, wasn't sure if you were going to hang around for that one too, but it was good to see that that nighttime footage because they were saying, yeah, it was going to be some, some independent artists and some bands and uh, music and 
it was really good. I'm glad they kind of did that. But I liked some of the stuff they were talking about that Tricky was on stage talking about um, in the beginning. I think, I'm not sure if you heard this part of it, Andy, but he was talking about, um, and it kind of syncs up a little bit more with what we were talking about with the freedom cell movement and, you know, the reignite democracy thing where we're talking about, you know, trying to get, you know, teachers to come together who have lost their jobs and aren't going to get vaxxed to set up their own little, you know, home home education, homeschooling kind of things and to, you know, just start setting up communities and things. So this is definitely the way things are going too. And it's really good to see that, that um, the organisers of this particular event are starting to notice that as well, because correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I had the feeling coming from some of these um, rallies previously that, as good as it is to catch up with people, to see so many like-minded people all gathering together, I, I always felt like, what, like, what are we actually achieving with this? What are we actually doing? Are we making change? Is there, you know, sure enough, they you know, they might be marching on Parliament or walking past or, you know, creating a bit of a ruckus in the city and, you know, making the traffic grind to a halt and stuff. But what were we actually achieving out of this other than getting people together? Now it seems to be sort of, all right, we've got these big numbers, more and more people are getting on board and now they're starting to go somewhere with it. They realise that you can't just have people together for a rally. You've got to start building community. And um, that's that's the thing that I kind of like about that, that that's where it's going now. Do you get the same kind of vibe, Andy, from that, that that's, that's moving, that's actually doing something, it's moving forward? It seems, yeah, that's right. And it's the logical step. You know, as we sort of get deeper and deeper into the whole scandemic and, and, and it's obvious that a great chunk of the community just is so invested in this whole thing, it, the great split, like we've mentioned off air, like, like is, just, is just becoming more obvious. So it's, it's logical that we form our own, you know, breakaway communities and our breakaway Parallel, I would say. I would say a parallel community. Oh, parallel, yeah. Parallel that's, system, that's yeah. probably a, a better way of terming it. But we need, I mean, as a community, we need ways of making our own income and, and surviving and uh, dealing with our children and everything like that. So it's logical that we go down this road with, you know, alternative education and mm. alternative ways of, of um, you know, living and, and feeding ourselves and, yeah, no, entertaining I'm just, ourselves. I'm I'm just glad, Andy, that this is the direction they're actually starting to realise that there's a need yeah. for it. You know, like nature pulls a vacuum. You know, or that's it's just going to happen regardless. So let's let's lead it in the right direction. So I was I was just glad that that's the the way they're going with it. So hundred percent. I'm actually and not just yet, but I will share the screen for the for the members out there that um, I've got some footage from aerial footage showing just how big this march was just how many people were actually there it's quite breathtaking to be honest when you actually see it um i've shared that in the in the groups we're in so i'm sure you guys have seen that clip as well but um just for the rest of the listeners out there it, it was astounding I, I was actually very impressed to see how much how many uh, people actually turned out and you, you also got to keep in mind too not everyone actually went on the march did they boys some people actually just stay behind because they you know they smaller kids or families and they were just enjoying their little time in the park but um, obviously the majority went, but there was still probably a couple of thousand that didn't even go on the march themselves. So, um, What are you talking about, mate? Channel 7 said there was only 2,000 people there. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 2,000 people turned up. I would have, I'll tell you what, if I, wasn't, if I was there and not meeting up with you guys and stuff, I would have just, 
hovered around that reporter and just listening to see the broadcast. And as soon as they said that, I would have jumped in and be like, nah, I'm all like 100,000, you know, and just gotten in the front of the camera and be like, come on, tell the truth. You know, like you would have had to, because we saw we saw that reporter waiting. Danielle and I, when we were there, we saw her waiting, you know, getting footage and stuff and had her mask on and all that sort of shit. But we, we knew it. We knew it was going to happen. But yeah, 2,000, come on. Someone posted in the comments, there was 2,000 people lining up for the toilet, mate. Come on, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 100%. You couldn't get to the toilet it was like a proper festival there's lines and everything like a couple thousand get out of here i know right all right well let's bring out our guests for the show i might just um get him to unmute the microphone there he's got some assistance on his end <laughs> there he is yes hey, right. you, know a, you know i'm a digital luddite <laughs> graham lyons How joins us for this episode for the last one of 2021 i'm well mate i'm very well uh good to see your your smiling face again um thanks for coming on mm-hmm. I, I, I love that you sort of keep in touch with us with us boys here because you were up in brisbane you've got family up here you live in adelaide um but just before we delve into all that sort of stuff um, for those of the listeners who don't know who Graham Lyons is, just give us a, a quick background on, on yourself, brother. Well, I started off as a, a cattle farmer. I still am in a small way. Then I became a scientist 22 years ago, and I've been working on the, the provision of micronutrients to deficient populations, things like selenium, iodine, zinc, vitamin A, worked in a number of countries. And uh, for the last 20 months I've been focusing more on uh, this corona nonsense because I saw what it was about and uh, I wasn't just going to continue doing uh, normal shall we say scientific research Uh, not much good me putting out articles while we're being marched towards a uh, being slaves in a digital plantation as Patrick Henningsen described it uh, some months ago so I've been focusing on that and uh, uh, still keeping in touch with the scientific stuff. In fact, uh, perhaps ironically, uh, I'm getting more citations and things now that I'm not publishing anything. It's people are starting to notice the things I did 15 to 20 years ago, perhaps. But um, And I, I'm invited to numerous conferences. I just delete all those. <laughs> I haven't got time to even answer them. And so I'm focused on this stuff now. And well, thanks for to everyone. Thanks for being yeah, I'm sparing the time to, to chat with us bums. We really appreciate it, mate. A pleasure. A pleasure. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so you're, um, you sent us a video just recently as well. There's, well, you actually sent us two. Um, you got to catch up with um, is it, uh, Ryan Fulnick uh, as well. Um, oh, Ryan Fulnick, yes. Yeah, yeah. What was the outcome of, um, of that video? Like, what was the deal there? Um, it was a, a quite. Well, a, it was a four-hour meeting they had with this Zoom call with people from all over the world, and you were you were on the on the A list, mate. Well, I'm not sure. See, A list. I was right at the end, so I had to stay up pretty late. It started just after midnight. Went to for a whole hour, so I didn't get much sleep the night before last. And then we had the rally on. Um, yes, no, I, I'm not sure whether that stemmed from the uh, the video I had on Rumble. Um, that was organised by a, a local journalist, uh, Alex Fragnito. Um, that came from a, a, a rally outside Channel 7, which I attended. Um, I, I think given the, uh, the, the discussion points that uh, Ryan had, I think he got it ironically from uh, a, an ABC journalist who interviewed me um, 
Eric Torchek back in August, and uh, he uh, he put out a, um, something on the ABC's uh, website, which caused my wife a bit of angst. And uh, when she looked at on waking one morning, she hadn't known I'd done it. And she's, yeah, anyway. Um, so I think it came from there. So it was, uh, the ABC's done some good for me. So yeah, we, we're well. seeing some ironies crop up wherever you go. So uh, Eric gave me a fair go. He didn't actually misrepresent me. And um, I think somehow Ryan's group has, uh, has seen that and um, we're interested in what I was doing. And uh, yeah, he gave me a, a, a fair go. I was able to speak for nearly an hour. Yeah. That's good. Um, and what was the, obviously you spoke about, I've only listened to about 20 minutes of it, but I didn't, I haven't had a chance to get through all of it yet. Um, so what was their purpose for really, was it just because they saw you think maybe on the, um, on the rumble video that you did, or is it, they're like, oh, well, here's an educated, very educated person within Australia who's, you know, doing some activism stuff and speaking out there obviously was a, a catalyst for getting you on there. Like, is there something you, they wanted you to, to speak to specifically? Oh, yeah, a bit of all of that. The, uh, it was largely the fact that I'm resisting this sort of stuff along with a number of other people and you guys, of course, your, your great mentors on this sort of thing and a great role model. Um, it was, yeah, they, the theme was resisting the, uh, the corona story and... Uh, Actually, preceding me was uh, Professor Zimmerman. You may know, I think, is it Augusto Zimmerman? I think he's an Argentinian. I thought he was yeah, German. Yeah, yeah, Dr. Uh, Professor Dr. Augusto smart. Zimmerman, yeah. Yeah, really smart guy from, from Perth. And he was discussing what has happened with uh, everyone sort of going around the Constitution, acting unlawfully, nothing, no one seems to care uh, except uh, some of us. Um and he was very, he's a very erudite character. And uh, so he was going to the legalities or the lack of them, of all this corona stuff. And then I followed with my uh, resisting to it. Uh, and um, yeah, it, that was the main thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Oh, it's good. It's good to see that, um, you know, a, a gentleman like yourself is actually getting out there and causing impact on on a on the global stage you know um it's really good that someone like yourself can actually do that and, and is approached to come and speak uh and spend an hour online to do that sort of stuff um speaking of the global stage boys i wanted to just quickly sorry change gears we um we caught up with on uh season four episode four so the last episode we did graham we had a chat with um uh reg former registered nurse naomi cook you may have seen mm. some of her stuff so you know yeah you know of yeah. naomi uh, we, and, and we discussed the um, the Pfizer documents that were released or, or that were made to be released, some of the pages. Uh, and that last episode, I don't know if you've had a look, gentlemen, uh, Andy and Ethan, that's now sitting over 5,000 downloads in just between shows. <laughs> mm. It's uh, That's probably the most downloaded show we've had in such a short period of time. So it, it, it went berserk. I've been sort of tracking it. And Ethan kind of, I think you even messaged me at one point, didn't you, Ethan, to say, well, have a look at this, boys. It's it was like a thousand in a couple of days, you know, and um, yeah. yeah, that that inform yeah, <laughs> I can't believe it. Five thousand, it's gone now yeah, in uh, in just a, in less well, in, yeah, less than two weeks, roughly, or about two weeks' time, anyway. So people are kind of thirsty mm. for that information, Graham. They they want to know what's going on. They when you've got some uh, some stuff to talk about, they are ready to listen. Um, and the numbers that's, that's great. 
yeah, the numbers I was referring to. Let me see if this let me see if this works. I'll attempt this little screen share here, gentlemen. Uh, so this is for um, for the folks watching on the recording. This is uh, footage. Can you let me know if you boys can see this? Can you see my screen right now? Yep, sure. Yep. There's no audio with this one, so just have a little look here at the size. So this kicks off at the start. Oh, it's not playing. Here we go. Come on. I don't know why the video is not wanting to play, but it's running at the bottom of my screen for some reason, but it's not actually coming up. Oh, that's a bummer. I don't know why that's not playing for you, but anyway, I'll put a link in the show notes. Sorry about that, boys. I'll put a link, have to put a link in the show notes for that one. Oh, damn, I thought that would have worked. Damn you, Zoom. All right. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it, the, it was quite a long march because the previous ones we did, just stop that sharing now. So the previous ones we did um, at the Botanic Gardens, uh, you know, Andy and Ethan were there as well. We kind of go, you know, we go along up George Street in the city, um, down, um, was it uh, Elizabeth Street, I think. And then we come down... Edward yeah, Street, Edward I think. Street. Yep. And then mm. back up Alice Street, I think, towards where the gardens are. So it's kind of only a couple of blocks. This one, uh, when, you, when you can actually watch the video, it, it is phenomenally huge. I, I couldn't believe when I was, I mean, Ethan, tell us about it when you were there, mate. You you went, you, we were sort of standing together and you were like, oh, I'm going to go up to the corner here and, um, and get some footage of, you know, the march coming past and stuff. Tell. <laughs> Ethan, you there? Yeah. Tell us, tell us about your experience with having to try and get to the front there, mate. Yeah, well, it was. Uh, we were just standing there, seemingly waiting for the march to begin. So we were just standing there in the sun. And so I said, "Well, I'll I'll go try um, get up the front and get some photos." So I went up, went around the corner, and then I saw all the way down the end of the street that people were marching around that corner way down the end of the street. It must've been like a 500 meter street or something. And well, not 500 meters, but you know, like it was a pretty long street. And I realized that the March had already began. They were already marching. It was just so big that it hadn't reached the back of the March yet where the crowds were at the park yet. They were still waiting to go because the crowd was that big. And so trying to get to the front, I never actually really got to the front. I just sort of got as far as I could and then managed to get some shots, but I couldn't actually hear Tricky or the drummers or anything from where I was. Uh, The march had really just taken off. And I heard on numerous occasions, because that's another thing, most of the businesses were empty. There was no one in all of these businesses and everything in West End on a Saturday, all the staff were looking out and there was a lot of people saying, wow, this is really big. I heard a couple of people say, wow, this is going for a long time, you know, and it was, it was absolutely massive. So that footage definitely does show it, the drone shots over the top. And I'm glad people are incorporating all their drones now, but yeah, it was a pretty phenomenal. Here we go. It's, um, it's playing now. Can you guys see that? Yes, certainly, too. All right, yep. so that's... I'll see if I can get it into full screen. Here we go. So this is just after mm. it started. And it continues on, like it goes around this corner here. Some some sections seem a little bit kind of scattery, but it, it's when you're on the ground, it's just, you know, wall-to-wall people, really. 
continues on, you can see it goes all the way past these blocks. <laughs> it's it is quite incredible, mm -hmm. actually. Uh, like I said, best guess would have yeah, to be close to close to a hundred thousand people. It is just phenomenal. Here we go. It gets to this major intersection. You can see it. Look how thick it is. Lots mm. of people coming around. Come around the corner now. And still going. Look, look at it. It is like it's wall-to-wall -wall people here. When we were in this mm. section, this is around where Damn, that's big. Andy and I and Danielle, my wife, and you know, his partner Billy, we're all in this kind of section here at the time when the rest of the march was blocks away, you know. And here we go, still going. Look at it, look at that, look at how thick it is. Mm. There are it is people everywhere here. That's where, up on the top left here. That's Musgrave Park where we actually started. And it's mm. just at the back now. Just at the back now. There we go. That's sort of the end of it there. Isn't that phenomenal? Mm, that's huge, Tim. Crazy. I'll just end that screen share there. Just to give you, yeah, really give us people an idea, especially if you're overseas or not in Queensland at the time, just to give it the, the scale of, of how many people actually turned up to this thing. It was... Incredible, actually. Really good to see. Graham, Graham, did you head to the Adelaide one yesterday? I saw that there was a, a sizable crowd there as well in the heat again. It's been very hot for some rallies down there. Yes, Ethan. Uh, yep, Stuart Lindsay and I were both there. And uh, we would, I would estimate about 15,000, uh, which would be similar, perhaps a little bit less than the uh, last one, they had, oh, except for the recent Channel 7 one. That was quite good too, but... I was uh, up in Brisbane for the the other pretty big one you had. I think that was nearly a hundred thousand. Um, yeah. But yes, we had a good crowd yesterday, and uh, um, wasn't too hot, and marched around the CBD. And it, uh, I would say it was a very good day. But uh, yeah, not, we get nothing like the numbers you get up in Brisbane. Uh, but uh, we haven't sort of got the history of uh, activism, perhaps down here that you have there. And you, you've got a higher population uh, in southeast Queensland than, than we have in, <coughs> in Greater Adelaide and surrounds. Uh, but I would say it was uh, a very good day. Yeah. Awesome. No, I definitely saw the footage. Mal from the uh, AdelaideFreedomRally.com, he sends through some great photos that he takes uh, for the website. I've just put up a piece on TOTTnews.com with uh, all of the capital cities that marched yesterday. And yeah, it was great, mate. And as you've said, You've been up here for Queensland rallies, so you know sort of how we go. And we sort of changed routes and went to West End and, and more of the bar populations and seeing all of the security guards and everything out the front there, uh, checking passports and everything like that as we marched past. It was pretty phenomenal. Um, but yeah, it's good to see that everyone had some, not only just marches, but had some well sort of earned celebrations and picnics and all that type of stuff. That's what I thought was really great as well. Yeah, oh, thanks, just... Ethan. Thanks for posting uh, Mal's uh, pictures too. He does a great job for uh, the Adelaide Freedom Rally Group. Uh, so yes, thank you for that. No, my pleasure, mate. And as always, you know, you're one of uh, the great people behind the scenes here mate uh, members you're a member of both of our sites that make all of this work possible so you know we thank you just as much in return for allowing this to happen and we're all you know united and that's what the article title of this is it's 
you know, unite for our rights. We need to unite, and I think it's fantastic. Yep. I've got that on my screen, on the screen here now, so you guys can see that. So this is yeah, some of the imagery that uh, was put up uh, through for the uh, Adelaide rally there. I'm just scrolling through now. Yeah, same. It was good to see a lot of placards and signs. We had a very similar thing here in, uh, in Brisbane, didn't we, boys? Lots of people um, displaying flags and signs, and it was awesome. It's good to see. Um, I wonder if you guys can footage. Look at that. Good to see. Yep. That's the sort of stuff. Fantastic stuff there. Um, one thing I mm. wanted to note too, um, and obviously for the for the listeners out there, and I did say we were going to kind of talk about this. So Andy and Ethan, I'll, I'll get your response to this as well but of course december 17th was deadline day uh up here graham where anastasia palachuk um has told mm -hmm. us that um yeah you've got to have your double vax to be able to go to pubs and clubs and uh cinemas and you know whenever you look at the, the commercials on tv it's all young people and they're all having fun and stuff but you know it's mm. the propaganda is ridiculous but um obviously the the we were only a day into it yesterday at the rally right this one that we mm. took on when you saw the footage from Brisbane, it went through the hub of an area of around sort of South, um, was it West End slash South Brisbane, South Brisbane, you know, and there's lots mm. of, lots of cafes and club, uh, not clubs, but pubs and uh, restaurants and, you know, you name it. There, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bit of a hub for that kind of uh, atmosphere. And there probably would have been maybe two that I would have seen that actually looked kind of busy uh, one was more closer to South Bank area and the other one was one of the main sort of pubs in that West End area. Um, but the, the rest of them, boys, vacant seats all over the place, weren't there? And this is going to be a theme we're starting to see. I wanted to, Andy, I'll just cross to you first. Um, is, are we going to see more of this coming um, as a result of these ridiculous rules, mate? It feels to me, uh, my conversation with Billy like this morning and stuff, it, it feels to me that... Uh, you know, how we get out of this scandemic is going to be the um, extreme pressure put on the um, hospitality entertainment industry. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be the, the straw that breaks the camel back, I feel, because, you know, cafe restaurant owners are going to go broke um, uh, by getting fines or going to go broke from like lack of patrons like lack of customers right so yeah. if they don't if they don't wake up and just go for it and understand that it's all manipulation then they're going to go broke anyway so at some point business owners have to have to make a hard decision on where where they're going to go and i think sooner than later yeah absolutely mate you know, this morning I rang up the Pig and Whistle actually in um, in uh, West West End um, this morning and spoke to them about uh, what they were doing. You know, and I what said did to I say? them, I said to, well, I, the the guy on the phone just said, oh yeah, no, we're doing the thing now. I said, oh damn it, you know, I've got a table of eight. I really need, yeah, I really need a booking. So you know, anyway, well, we'll just we'll just go somewhere else. So uh, right. if enough people do that, like then oh, I should I should 
ring up a few of them, make the, record the conversations. Because it's, that's actually a good uh, idea. I think if we kind of do that, even if it's not obviously no intent to book, but I think that's a good idea just to let these businesses know, like, yeah, are you going to, you're sort of testing the waters, so to speak. Are you going to segregate against the, the vaxxed and non-vaxxed, you know? Um, and if they are, they're like, oh, well, we'll take our business elsewhere, you know, that sort of thing. And But I guess if they say no, then <laughs> what do you do? You, Shit, now I'm going to go and book 10 people at the restaurant. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm 99.9% sure they're going to, uh, yeah, only three days into this pandemic that they're going to be saying that they're going to follow the government rules. So. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Graham, I just said to mute you before when you were talking, that's all, because I could hear your conversation, that's all. Um, yeah, uh, Ethan, um, man, I, I've shared some stuff on Facebook. I was having a chat to you about it um, at the rally yesterday. Let me just quickly share my screen once again. And so over at Real News Australia on the Facebook page, um, gentlemen, if you can see this here. So I've put up, I said, this is why you align with freedom groups. Take the side of the government at your peril. Freedom fighters would have flocked here if he came out and said prior to the deadline that he would uh, that he won't be segregating and discriminating. And there's a uh, this is from a place called Alchemy Southside, which is actually up in uh, the Gympie region. But he says he says here this is Anastasia Palaszczuk. This is my restaurant at six twenty one p.m. on a Friday night on the first night of restrictions. This photo normally has sixty plus people in it, plus a further thirty inside. After a grueling past two years for hospitality owners, how much more can we take? So there you go. Um, if you guys can see that. And yeah, he's just taking, this guy's taking a photo of his empty business. Um, there were some people actually who put up in the comments. Oh, if I can get the comments going quickly, see more. Um, someone put up a picture. I might not have it in that one there. But anyway, there was another restaurant, another Asian restaurant, very similar sort of situation um, saying, Oh look! Look at what's happened. All these the people don't want to come anymore, yeah, because they they're not double vaxxed. And this is it's so sad. This has happened to us, you know. I'm like, well, I I, I sent them. I actually commented on their <laughs> commented on their page, and I said, well, this is what happens. I, I basically said the same thing. I said, this is what happens when you align with the government instead of the freedom fighters. Um, and then they <laughs> they deleted my comments and and closed comments on their site on their page. Uh, and I went and sent them a message, and I said. Uh, grow some balls, you know, like <laughs> stand up for freedom and we'll come to you, you know, like, <laughs> um, but yeah, this is what we're seeing. E Ethan, I'll just quickly cross to you before I, I, I get Graham to comment, but um, tell you, you would have noticed the same thing. Of course, we didn't spend the entire March together, but that was a, a recurring theme, I would say, with um, regards to that. Have you seen any, any more of it so far uh, on the socials with regards to people, you know, losing business within two days of this mandate? I'm sure it will uh, start to come more and more as the weeks go on, mate. We've now ended up in the same dystopia as the rest of the states. You know, you look around ma most major cities now and you see vacant buildings everywhere, don't you? Four lease, four lease, Melbourne, Sydney, even Adelaide, you know, where Graham is down there. Businesses have already struggled for the last 18 months. And now this is even going to do them worse in because we've said this for a long time. Once they're expected to open up you're expected in that world to go back to normal meaning any advances or delays or payment plans or whatever the you've done to try and stay afloat sort of disappears all of these support nets are disappearing for these people and they're expected to go back to 100 percent capacity for all their expenses and overheads but they're not 
getting 100% of their um, occupancy. So Andy hit it on the, the head there where he said that, you know, either way it's going to be, they're going to cop massive fines for going against this, which is really great. We need to support the businesses that are standing up against this and, you know, make sure that we go and support them. So they have the money to do this type of stuff. And on the other hand, uh, they're not going to be able to uh, get the revenue to stay afloat. And I think that this is all by design because the massive corporations will survive, but the small businesses won't. And we saw that just within the first couple of days, you know, it was very empty, um, um, for most of these venues that we saw walking past. Once we got sort of into South Brisbane, past the main strip, there was a few more people in there. But as I said before, there was guards out the front, you know, staff and security all checking yeah. to make sure you've got your papers. As we walked past waving our flag, you know, singing the song, you know, shove your poison vaccine up here, you know what? So <laughs> it was a very interesting dynamic. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but I think that businesses are, are really in the thick of this and they really need to understand, well, where do you draw your line in the, st- in the sand? Will you stand up and fight for this? Because either way, you're, you're going to be looking at the, the face of more problems into the future, government-induced problems. They cause this. So yeah. it's either you take the losses through fines and have your businesses open and thriving or you're going to try to expect to go to 100% capacity with less employees as well, with massive employee losses that have happened as well. That's another element. So it's just a massive conundrum. And I think that we're starting to see the cracks of it general. Yeah. And I think, um, and Graham, correct me if I'm wrong, but do you think maybe this is a smart way to go? But, you know, every major hub, city, you know, region, whatever has their their commerce, you know, like the, the businesses that have a commerce kind of sector meeting, I'm not sure really what you actually would call them, but, a, you know, a chamber of commerce, chamber of commerce, that's what I'm trying to think of. Do you think maybe that these kind of groups need to come together to put pressure on the Premier and, and, the, and the government to say, look, our businesses are dying, you are killing us, you've got to, you've got to relax these rules and all sorts of stuff. Is that perhaps maybe one, one way that they can do this, do you think? Well, from what I've seen here in South Australia, you wouldn't achieve that through the Chamber of Commerce. You would, uh, well, the, the, any of the peak bodies have been bought lock, stock and barrel by so the globalist parasites. Towing the line. Yes, and they, they're, uh, they're not representing their members. They're just uh, towing the government line. So they're all in lockstep there. So it's basically up to individual businesses to get together enough of them to say, we're not putting up with this bullshit anymore. We won't pay fines that you lump on us. You can take us all to court. If there are thousands of them, that'll clog the courts up. Um, They've got to do it that way. They cannot rely on their peak bodies, their quislings. They've sold them out. And um, what we have here, we don't have this blanket uh, sort of quacks mandate thing for every business quacks passes uh, as i call them uh, they're, they're starting it off here with uh, like i won't i'm not attending the test cricket at the moment because uh, adelaide oval you need a, a quacks pass to enter um, and then once you've entered you've got to sit there with a muzzle a, a face nappy on your face the whole time what a bloody disgrace yeah. so i haven't attended the test match for the first time since 1985 oh. except when i was overseas on on work and uh, I won't be going to the zoo for a fair while either because that's a, that's a quacks trap as well, as I call it. Um, but here we have Premier Marshall, uh, as Stuart's just indicated to me, he's, he's rewarding 
people who uh, have been quaxed by, they're allowed to stand up at a bar. The unquaxed have to sit down. <laughs> oh, <I> see, <laughs> this is sort of you're at that part of it. Yeah, we've we've kind of gone yeah, through that part of it. Step, yeah, the next step will be what you've got up there with Palachuk. Um, they'll bring across uh, across the board, and we'll see the same sort of thing that you're seeing. And of course, that's part of the agenda to wipe out the middle class. It's a bit like the the Kulaks in the Ukraine in the 1930s. Uh, they're just doing it in a different way now. And so, as you said, uh, the big outfits, which are aligned with the uh, global cabal that's pushing this, will survive this, and uh, they'll have no competition left amongst the little family businesses. That's their agenda, the uh, UN Agenda 21, 2030, you mm. name it. Uh, so it's all part of that. It's pure evil. and uh, But... Businesses could overcome it if they banded together, but they won't don't expect any help from their so-called peak bodies. They've been bought and uh, they they've uh, taken their thirty pieces of silver from mm. Big Pharma and the the global cabal, basically. Mm. So then that that would mean basically, like you said, banding together is the only way out of this thing, and we're starting to see that, isn't Andy? We've got up in our um, our little Telegram groups and stuff. There are people putting in, um, you know, lists, aren't they, Andy, of, of oh, geez, there's yeah. dozens and dozens and dozens of cafes and, and restaurants. and It's happening. You know, it's happening. It's happening exactly like that. Yeah. That's, um, that's the only way, isn't just, it, mate? Yeah, it is the only way. And I can, can I just concur with Graham with our own Logan Chamber of Commerce? Yeah, please. Exactly the same crap. Like, there's no, there's nothing. Mm. They're, fully, they're fully endorsed in the whole scandemic. So mm. it's exactly the same in, in, in the government, um, uh, sorry, the um, business community here, like the, the Chamber mm. of Commerce here in Logan, exactly the same as what Graham's describing. Yeah, so that's um, different. I've, so rem that's, I've yeah. removed myself from that. Good. So that's no longer an option, obviously. I just wanted to throw that no. just to see if, just in case, you know, there's been some movement in there or some, you know, some feedback no, or something. No, no option. All right, Nothing. so then that that really is then the only way out of it is is communities building community coming together. Um, we're seeing I'm, I'm seeing a lot of Facebook pages popping up, you know, just with our Logan area where we are in Logan City, saying, um, you know, here's a list of businesses. If you're you know, and people are putting up questions, oh, is there a cafe close to me? I'm in this area, you know, who, who doesn't mind? And and they're like, yep, try this one, and and they're giving them their business. And my wife and 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 I, we've already had the discussion. We've said to each other. Once we get a list of businesses very close to us, they're getting our business. We're going to patronize these places and keep them going. They will thrive. The others will not survive. Um, and they're going to quickly learn. They will very quickly learn. I showed you some examples just before. I think I put up on the screen um, Hotel Childers uh, in Queensland, completely dead, completely dead. And they were even complaining on their list. Everyone has gone to the other places. Everyone else who have said, yeah, we'll bring them. We'll, we'll be open to everyone. That's where they've all gone. Lesson learned. You know what I mean? Don't. <laughs> if you side with the government, you will peril. You'll perish. Mm. You'll your own peril. You know what else? What else is there to say? Broke. Exactly. They don't care. They don't mind you going broke. It's not. It no. doesn't. Doesn't matter anything to them. They want it, General. They, that's they exactly welcome right. it. The desolation of the middle class, mate. We know that. That's yes. that's part of the plan. Yeah. It was the same down here, General. We, we've got our little groups developing and we all have our lists of, uh, there's a boycott list of outfits you don't go to. 
and then there's a, a good list of um, businesses which uh, don't force people to wear masks and all this nonsense. And uh, you know, I, I had a recent experience with my what used to be my favourite beer bar in Adelaide, the Belgian beer bar. I went there after a short rally on the steps of Parliament House uh, and I thought I'll have a nice um, leffy blonde or something there. And you're thinking it's a girl, didn't you? The, uh, but I, uh, I came across a barmaid who, uh, who wouldn't allow me to uh, even buy a beer there and uh, we held up the, the line behind me for a while uh, saying uh, various things, but I kept my cool. It, uh, and then as I walked out, uh, a fellow asked me, what's on your, your poster there, your placard? And uh, it was my usual one, that Bill's Vax cured my COVID fear over a skull and cross dripping syringes. And on the back, it was something about the dud PCR test. And he said, I like that. And uh, I said, would you like my 13 reasons for not to take the quacks? And uh, he said, yeah, sure. You know, I didn't give it to the barmaid because she didn't deserve it. And in fact, I said to her, you're speaking like someone who's had the quacks, you know. And I don't know that she saw what I was getting at. But anyway, I'm not going to the bloody Belgian beer bar again. And that used to be my favourite. Uh, so, uh, Well, there's a, there's uh, a term, day new terminology up. for a gentleman. Um, it, it, we've all heard the term boycotting. So we, we, we you know, boycott these places that don't want to provide us the service. It's now called boycotting. So you will go and buy from places that you want to support. We are going to, um, yeah, it's, I didn't come up with that, of course. Uh, I think I heard that first on the Solutions Watch with uh, James Cord on his podcast. They talked about it in one of his episodes throughout the year, talking about boycotting. Throw your money at these people who are going against the grain and who are not going to stand up for all this tyranny. Um, don't worry about boycotting and, you know, and, and focusing on that kind of negative aspect. Flip it on its head, you know what I mean? They're using inversion tactics against us all the time. So let's use it against them. We're going to invert this term and we're going to say, well, we're going to call it boycotting. We're going to spend our money with the people that are standing up with us. So uh, there's one There's one to put out there, mate. Yeah. Good point, General. I hadn't heard of boycotting before, but I am employing it myself already. Mm. Mm. Let's do it. Uh, Ethan, did you want to chime in there? I you no, I love it, General. I think this is a time for action, you know, a time mm. for people to start doing that. And I think that people are starting to realise now that, Andy, some of the things we spoke about, mate, at the start of the pandemic, the great split, this separation of society, everything that's coming in, uh, people are starting to understand that that's coming to fruition now and we really need to band together. Uh, TPR, the People's Revolution, spoke yesterday about TPR Connect that they're going to be doing where, you know, it's going to be homeschooling and education and there's going to be industry groups and businesses all linking up so that they can support each other. And this is what we need to do because uh, we need to decide what this new world is going to look like. And I think that by banding together, we can set the tone. We can drive what we want to be. We can be the change we want to see in the world. And I think it's important for us all to come together because as you said, mate, people, businesses, there's always opportunity within chaos. Look at the lawyers that have stood up and said, I'm against this stuff. They've been inundated with donations and support oh, yeah. and all this type of stuff. Look at the gyms that have said, no, we're not closing during lockdowns. They've had record membership mm. money coming, you know, through their, their businesses and doors so that they can pay 
the fines if they ever get you know approved in court and all this type of stuff they've made that decision and i think it's time that people do come together and realize that um, it, it is a time of great transition and they're trying to do the great reset but we're going to do the greater reset over mm-hmm. the top of it Yep, absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned the TPR connecting too. I, I did forget about that. It's kind of what I was alluding to at the beginning with regards to building community and you know, everyone doing these uh, separate things and stuff. But yeah, yeah, I, I like that they've actually got a name for it. You know, the People's Revolution Connect, TPR Connect. So again, I'll put 100%. links up in the show notes as well. It's very important. Um, and like I said, it's, that's what I mean. It's good to see that there's now a direction. We, we're not sitting here idly by just you know, raising placards and having marches for the sake of doing it. It's, it's, there is, we have a focus point now. We're we're like, well, this is the only way out of this. The only solution to um, getting, uh, getting out of this system is to build your own system. Just create another system and everyone will come and flock to it. If you, if you build it, they will come. (laughs) (laughs) That's it, mate. No, I completely agree. The time for action is now. And Graham, you're a, man of action you've been a bit of a pioneer of uh standing up against all of this nonsense mm-hmm. i just while we've got you here i wanted to you've got Stuart there with you i'm not sure how much you can or can talk about but would you like to um maybe just give us an update on you know what's going on you you mentioned you've been up here for brisbane rallies and you're from adelaide and you've come up here you know for family and whatnot you've ran into some, to some issues with mandatory PCR testing during that period at airports. Um, and you've been going through a bit of a, um, you know, a legal process with Stuart at the moment. Can you uh, give some of the listeners just an update on what's happening with that um, the best that you can? Yeah, certainly, Ethan. Yes, I'll have to watch what I say with my chief legal advisor right next to me here. And just before I get on to that, he's involved in what is a a very important legal move here. He's behind the judicial review, which uh, I think you lodged it about a week ago, Stuart. Yeah. Um, And that's working its way through the Supreme Court. Uh, I think he's got four litigants uh, involved uh, representing groups which have... uh, had suffered many job losses through these quacks mandates and uh, he's doing it very carefully employing the best legal minds possible to uh, ensure that um, it's very hard to pick apart because the government will try to do that and uh, that's um, that's proceeding now so Stuart's behind that uh, so awesome uh, awesome yeah it's just tremendous I think we've got to try every avenue he, he never promises uh, the groups to which he speaks so that it will definitely work, uh, but he's making it um, uh, certainly possible. And uh, so I'm happy to have him as an advisor. And with my case, that's just a small one, really. The, uh, well, you know, the one time I've actually met you, I think was uh, at that rally, uh, we had a nice beer afterwards. And soon after that, I ran into my strife heading back home, uh, because your great premier brought in a snap lockdown on the very evening which, that I flew home. Yeah. My wife uh, stayed up there for another week and she doesn't worry too much about this stuff anyway. But uh, I refused to uh, submit to nasal rape, as I call it, <laughs> and, uh, and the subsequent fraudulent test and all the DNA collecting, which I, I believe goes on, and uh, yeah. the possible poisoning of your brain. You know, I haven't got proof for that, but uh, 
the the bastards who are doing this are so evil that they would probably do that. And um, at any rate, I refused to uh, submit to three uh, tests. I told them I would not submit to them uh, at the airport, and uh, I was told I would have to uh, self-isolate, as they call it. It's uh, house arrest in my terms. Uh, for an extra 10 days, so 24 days. So it used up most of my April, and uh, they tried to subsequently make me take those tests. A policeman came around, but I said, oh, no, my position hasn't changed. And uh, I did actually stay home, visited by 10 policemen over that time, and I tried to pass on my anti-quacks information to most of them. <laughs> Some of them were somewhat obtuse. They wouldn't even look at it. But there were two young detectives, a man and a woman, who were very happy to have it. And I hope that it's uh, helped to inform them later on. In fact, this was back in April. And I said to them, you know, Mr. Stevens, the police commissioner, one day is going to make you take the quacks. What are you going to do? The first one said, I'm going to do what he says because he's my boss. I could see I was going to go nowhere with him. But the, the, these two detectives, they, they wanted to see the information. So I hope they spread that around their colleagues. But at any rate, uh, finally got to court in late. Uh, oh, yes, Stuart and I decided that we would not pay the $1,000 expiation fee, which was dumped on me. That, that wasn't mentioned at the airport. Um and uh, we would uh, elect to be prosecuted. So I didn't hear from them for, I think, five months, and I thought they just quietly dropped it. But then in early October, they uh, summons me to the magistrate's court, and um, I didn't actually have to appear then. It was just a summons, but uh, Stewart's appointed me a couple of very good lawyers, and uh, uh, that... Uh, they wouldn't let, I, I wanted to be in the courtroom, but I refused to wear a face nappy, so I wasn't allowed in, but uh, was able to talk to some media and supporters who were out on the street, and it was adjourned until two days ago. Um, and um, this time my solicitor advised me not to try and enter the building. He wanted to keep things low key, so I, I obeyed there, but I was hanging out on the street and uh, gave my supporters a bit of a talk. And uh, it was, a, again, adjourned. Uh, the police hadn't answered the questions that uh, we'd, we'd sent them regarding their procedure. We think it was rather flawed. And so uh, we're just, the can's been kicked down the road uh, and it's been adjourned till early March. So uh, we'll, we'll just see what happens. Uh, I think yeah. uh, with my advisor next to me, I'm not allowed to say any more. Is that right? Yes, that's right. <laughs> so uh, it, it's, uh, look, it doesn't worry me too much. Okay, it's costing me a bit of money and my wife's not particularly happy. She'd like to see it wound up as soon as possible. She thinks I should have taken the test and then should have paid the $1,000 fee. But um, no, I'm going to see this through and uh, um, they're not going to, uh, they're not going to break me by... The, the process, a long drawn out process, I'll, I'll see it out. And I, I trust in the, the legal team that I've got. So um, have you looked yeah, at, we'll just see what... have you looked at using some of the um, information that was put out in July by the CDC when they said they were terminating the use of the PCR test because it can't distinguish between influenza A and B and so-called SARS-CoV-2? Is that has that come into it at all in some of your defence, maybe, or I don't know if you can speak to that or not. I, 
Yeah, I don't think so, Jeremy. I think if I'm going to uh, get on to the issue of the, the fraudulence of the test, which is what it is, it, it mm. does not test viruses at all. It's used to underpin this whole corona nonsense and it, it doesn't test for viruses. So cases and infections are not, of course, um, but I think we have to go to a higher court for that. Uh, might have to be the Supreme Court and my wife will be hoping that doesn't happen. So we're trying to uh, to beat them on procedural flaws. At the oh, moment. Okay. That's where we're at. But initially I thought, yes, look, this has been already demonstrated in something like 10 countries where they've found that the courts have judged, yes, the thing doesn't do what it's meant to do. It's not fit for purpose. And, but no one seems to be taking any notice. So uh, uh, we could actually beat them on that if we took it further, but they would still keep rolling this stuff out, this nonsense, and they'd still keep circumventing the Constitution. And uh, th this could be a year down the track, could have cost me $30,000, and it still might not achieve anything. So uh, I think the way we're going about it is uh, about the best way to do it at the moment. And... Uh, We'll just we'll just see what happens. If if I want to yeah, challenge the very validity of the test, it'll it'll need to go to another court. I think. Oh, fair enough. Ethan, does that answer your uh, yeah, question? Mate. Yeah, no. Thanks for that update, mate. I, I just wanted to let the listeners know of that. You know, if we do have some listeners that are in Adelaide that aren't aware of that, and you know, they can get out and support you and all this, uh, support your cause and support the work that uh, Stuart and everyone are doing down there. It's some great things. And we talk about uh, all of this stuff, mate. If only every single person or a large majority of people did the same thing that you did and just stood up and said no and continued to flood the courts and continued to say, well, you're not going to beat me with a, dr a dragged out trial and all this type of stuff. It would be phenomenal to come together. But I wanted to just highlight your case because... You know, you're a guest on the show at the moment, and I think it's important just to to show that people are standing up against this. There is action being taken, and I think that we need to expose it at every avenue that we can. Well, thanks, Ethan. Thank you to all of you for your support. Uh, and the other thing is, if anyone who's listening wants to contribute to the judicial review, Stuart's still after a bit more uh, money for that. To uh, have a look at the Adelaide Freedom Rally website. That's the place to do it. Uh, and, that's um, adelaidefreedomrally.com for the listeners. Yes, I think it is. Yes, that's right. I'll that, put a link uh, in the show notes, Graham, for um, anyone who's... Oh, good on you. To contribute Thanks, to General. We'll Thank you. Out. And because we need to make sure that in the, the case, it shouldn't happen that we might have an adverse costs finding, the litigants are not left high and dry. Uh, so that will will happen, but uh, we still need a bit more. Uh, did uh, did you hear about uh, Ricardo Bosi's method? He had a somewhat different methodology for uh, approaching the court. He was on the the same session as I was at the magistrates' court back in October. He rang up from uh, from uh, Sydney. That's where he lives, and he's adopted this common law approach, which I think probably Stuart. <laughs> probably doesn't have a lot of time for. It usually doesn't get you anywhere in, in the court system that we have here. And he uh, he spoke to the magistrate on the phone. And the magistrate, someone I know, actually, he's, he's a good bloke, uh, Jack Fay. And um, Ricardo ended up calling him a, uh, a, a traitor and an imbecile. <laughs> the magistrate <laughs> listened to him for a fair while. And then he... Uh, 
He said, I'm not listening to this nonsense anymore. And he hung up on him. And uh, Ricardo's case was adjourned to January sometime. But I'm not sure whether he's going to get anywhere using that approach. But it was a very different approach to mine. And he was in there because he wasn't wearing a bloody face nappy at uh, Adelaide Airport in April while I was incarcerated in my house. Uh, that was his crime. And uh, so that'll be interesting to see how that goes in January because mm. he was still, knowing him, he'll still adopt the same approach. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess, look, it's it's another avenue someone's willing to go down. I guess power to him, best of luck. If it works, it works. But um, we all have our own opinions on that, if it will or not. But, um, yeah, my opinion is he's probably going to run up against a brick wall there and will end up paying the fine or, or whatever he has to do. Um yeah, very interesting. Mm. Um, I might just quickly change gears a bit because you kind of mentioned this. There's a bit of chatter about the DNA, you know, the collection of DNA with these PCR tests and stuff. And Ethan, you just recently put up something over at tottnews.com, which I'll put a link in the show notes for as well. Uh, just quickly do the screen share thing here so people can have a look. Because um, I wanted to get you to have a bit of a chat about this one, mate. So over at tottnews.com, Australia's surveillance state, how DNA will be incorporated uh, mate, take us a bit, take us through this one if you wouldn't mind, if that's cool. Yeah, mate. So I published this um, a few days ago on uh, tottnews.com. It's a new video for the BitChute channel, uh, a bit too controversial for YouTube's uh, medical policy. So throw it up on the old BitChute channel. But essentially, it's just me having a chat about the extent to which the surveillance state, which general, you know, yourself and I have spoken about quite a bit mm. over the years, how far that that will go and how it will incorporate DNA going into the future in my estimation. And it comes off an announcement from the Australian federal police, which uh, they will be using advanced forensic techniques uh, for DNA identification of criminals moving forward. So we've seen this previously in uh, like investigations where they're trying to identify the bones of a person or reconstruct what they look like, for example. And now what we're seeing is the Australian Federal Police are going to adopt this into their technology and it's called DNA phenotyping. And it comes from a larger field called Massive Parallel Sequencing, MPS. And essentially this technology can be used to, uh, using DNA samples, they can find your sort of genetic heritage, they can find your eye colour, your hair colour, they can reconstruct who you look like. And the reason I wanted to, to tie this all together was because, as we can see um, on the screen now in this article, if you scroll down a little bit further, General, there's a, there's a point there that talks about China already... Uh, misusing this type of technology in their region and ethical concerns that have been raised by that. So in this video, I talk, um, I've found a, a few papers and a few websites where we talk about how there's no legislative framework in Australia anymore, or, or there never was rather. There's no legislative framework like the rest of the world to protect against this type of technology to regulate it. And we've spoken about this before, General, how with surveillance and with the surveillance state, the laws are always playing catch up to what's introduced. It's not the other way around. It's not 
we're going to introduce the laws and safeguards and then the technology after it. It's the technology comes first and we're sort of scrambling to uh, get the human rights issue uh, and, and the, the, the points that are addressed with it. And so I go through in this video talking about, well, yes, they say that this is going to be used, um, you know, just for criminal investigations, but here's the potential of how it can be misused. And then I link in at the end of the video, well, could this explain the mass DNA collection during PCR tests? We know that Palachuk's uh, great father, Henry Palachet, owns a genetic uh, data sequencing company, uh, which has is, is already admittedly given uh, to two world initiatives with over 100 studies, uh, DNA that um, uh, is being used to sort of identify and understand genomic sequencing of the so-called coronavirus. But I raised the question, is this what the, uh, the DNA is being collected for? Not only to be able to advance the surveillance state moving forward. So if you can, uh, you know, if you can dodge all of this facial recognition and all of this stuff, DNA is a new way that they can reconstruct who you are and, and where you've been for so-called criminal investigations. And on the second hand, is this another way that they are documenting what I call the Epsilon agenda? And there's a lot of uh, papers that talk about how they can use this technology to identify schizophrenia and, and chronic illnesses that uh, come from all of this type of stuff. So a massive video there on the website for people to have a look at. It only goes for about uh, half an hour or so. I put it up... Um, sort of the night before the rallies so if you haven't seen it i'm sure you know you can jump on at any time and have a look but it's sort of just linking this all together the dna element and how the australian federal police they're already talking about task forces and all of the new laws they've set up to monitor suspected thought criminals in this new push and i talk about well how can this be linked both to identify and target groups which is what china and other countries are already doing they're using it to be able to target specific groups on their race on their culture and on their societal beliefs and this can expand to what we're seeing now with the corona dystopia the massive surveillance state that is being used and, and really just a linkage of all this type of stuff. So theoretically, even if you didn't have any records, you don't have a driver's license, you've done your best to stay off the grid, they could use your DNA to reconstruct your face, link it to facial recognition and find you in the public, even though you've never been on there. And this is the, the type of way that I predict that this is going to go. I spoke to Ramola D in uh, September of 2019 on a member circle podcast where she talked about DARPA and Google and all of their advanced technology, how they really want surveillance to come inside of you. And, you know, the welcome trust group, Graham, I know you've, um, you're familiar with that. The old welcome trust. They're already talking about the first thousand days project and how we need to implant technology into children to stop future diseases. So this is the, the path that it's going surveillance is coming inside of you they said in george orwell's 1984 winston says you know only the three inches in between his skull was the only freedom that he had and these people don't even want us to have that with this mm. transhumanist era so I, I talk about all of this type of stuff in this video but i'll throw over to you first graham since you're the guest what do you think of 
this linkage of, of DNA and, and do you think, or maybe I might be a conspiracy theorist, mate. Maybe I'm looking that, too it. far <laughs> into this. What, what are your thoughts on it, mate? <laughs> well, Ethan, I would describe you as a conspiracy factist, not a theorist, uh, given your very good track record in this area. Uh, yeah, it's horrific stuff. Normally, I would have already seen that post of yours. I've just had a very busy time over the last three days, <laughs> but uh, I'll make sure that I see it now. Um, yeah, it's horrific, and uh, that uh, connection of, with Henry Palaszczuk with uh, the outfit he runs there, I, I guess if he's uh, running short of samples for the week, he just directs his daughter to uh, bring in a snap lockdown or the threat of one, and so that sends the... Uh, the bien pensant heading in their cars to uh, get to indulge in some nasal rape and uh, and henry will get some more dna but it's uh, a pretty ordinary connection isn't it yeah. Uh, yeah no look i'm sure you're right on all this uh, um someone i think it might have been on the, was it on the delling pod some months ago a woman who's been a great researcher in this area talking about the the development of these massive biomedical databases and the literally billions of dollars which have been thrown at them. So there's no doubt about the globalist parasites are really working on this. And as you say, they want uh, information right inside of you, not just facial recognition. And it's it's horrific, the whole thing. It just makes me want to vomit, frankly. Um, it is, mate, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, when you it's look like... at the connections, yeah. And, and yeah, sorry to... Yeah, you've got your uh, your chief public health officer, who's your next governor, and isn't her husband connected with one of these outfits just uh, a couple of metres away from Henry's office? Yeah, yep, and yep. Uh, they're all connected. Then you've got Jane Halton. She, yeah, look, don't I mustn't say what I really I'll think about her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, her brother-in-law is that uh, so-called Professor Brett Sutton, the chief public health officer of Victoria. They're all interlinked. They're all rather horrible people. Uh, but, yeah, I don't need to say any more. But as usual, you've done tremendous research there, Ethan, and uh, that whole Epsilon agenda. There's no one in the country who knows more about that stuff than you. And, uh, look, I wouldn't keep belonging to the website or the outfits of you guys, RNA and Top News, if I weren't getting very good stuff out of it. Uh, uh, you're, you're at the forefront. Your, your motto, I think, Ethan, is... Uh, Australia's front line, and you're certainly living up to that. So, yeah, thanks for that information. Thanks, brother. I really appreciate the kind words there. You know, we're just trying to stay ahead of the curve here, make sure that everyone's sort of aware. And I talk about that in the video. You know, I try to get on these things really early. You know, this is what's coming in the future. So people have the p potential to do some action, raise awareness about these types of things, potentially try and put a stop to it. I'm just one person. But if everyone can be exposed to this information, if real journalists did their job and actually researched this type of stuff like they used to and informed the public about it, maybe things would be different. So I try to play my role in all of this and I, and I hope that it's, it's doing well and I appreciate the kind words there. Um, Andy, how about you, mate? Um, DNA linkage surveillance state we've spoken about this a lot mate could this explain the reason for all of the mass dna build-up that we've spoken about how we've we've pondered a covid test harvesting harvesting dna all of these connections graham just talked about 
Uh, do you think that this could be a way that it's tied into the future with criminal investigations and this emerging social credit system, our very DNA, mate? Well, the criminal investigation thing is basically just a smokescreen and they're like their excuse, right? But it's all, it's, all, it's all about surveillance, of course. It's all about control and systems of control, and that's what it's all about in a globalist mind. So, um, mm. so you know, like I, th- I still think one part of the society is definitely heading down that road and there's no stopping it. And once again, it gets back to like a split society, doesn't it, you know? We, we won't have any other choice but to live on the fringes of like, uh, as General just coined it, like a parallel society. Um, mm. And we, we, we don't partake in these things. Um, and, of course, there's been talk about, I don't know if you mentioned it, but there's been talk about, like, um, in, the, in the genome therapy, like technology that will interact with all of that type of technology as well. Yeah, yeah, mate. They um, I remember last year we were talking about it. They were saying gene editing is being explored as a solution to COVID nineteen, and I, this is what I think. All yeah, disease. for everything, for yeah. sure. And we know that they deregulated um, gene editing techniques here in Australia at the end of twenty nineteen. It was no longer forbidden to research with gene editing techniques like CRISPR and all of these emerging technologies Yeah, we talked about where that. they're literally creating human chimeras and all this stuff in other countries <laughs> and cross animals and all this, it's going, you know, completely crazy, especially in China, but here, this is coming to Australia. And I think you hit the nail on the head there, Andy, you know, they're, they're, they're talking about this last year. There's, there was, it was, I think it was a couple of universities that were researching this. How can we edit the genome to remove COVID? And I think this is the transhumanist vision into the future. The more this goes on, like they can't keep up and I'll get your thoughts on this general. They can't keep up this for year after year, or maybe they can, but if they keep this up year after year after year with the same propaganda, they're going to have to evolve it somehow. And I predict maybe it's going to evolve to the point where, well, the only way we're going to beat the virus is to be, have to edit the genome. And the younger we do it, the better with these new techniques. And that way we can remove uh, coronavirus from our gene pool forever, mate. What are your thoughts on that and just the general um, article as well? They'll start doing it in vitro, won't they? Hey, <laughs> yeah, that'll be yeah, that'll man. be the next step. It'll be asked permission to uh, to to have you know to to propagate and have you know sexual intercourse and to produce offspring. And uh, you of course have to ask Big Brother for permission for that one. And then it'll be um, purely for the basis of not for pleasure, but it'll be for, you know, creating the perfect breed. It'll go through those sort of, it's all out of 1984. You know what I mean? It's very much. Yeah. Brave new world. Yeah, exactly. Brave new world to a T, you know, Aldous Huxley wrote the book as a blueprint, not a vision. Yeah. Well, this article, like Mm -hmm. I agree with what Andy said too, that that's a smoke screen. You know, that's, that's just a smoke screen for what they plan to do. This is the, you know, of course, they've got to put this up and say, you know, that uh, the, the AFP, the Australian Federal Police, want to start using this for these sorts of things. But, I mean, we kind of know that's the direction they're going to go because 
they already lied to us and said that all the check-in data, oh, you're going to go and check in everywhere. Don't worry, it's all secure and no one's going to use that information for anything other than contact tracing. Oh, by the way, the Australian Federal Police are using it to catch criminals as well. Oh, you know, come on. You know what I mean? Your data is not secure at all. That's why we don't do these things. Not for the sake of just because you might get locked up for two weeks. It's because they're fucking tracking you everywhere you go. Um but that's that's of course you know what's next? Well, it'll be a while. We need to we need to grab that um, information that you might have garnered from those DNA tests. Uh, sorry, from those uh, PCR tests for the COVID things. You know that information. If people think if, if people are so naive, they most likely think that once that fucking thing's gone up your nose, that it's just thrown in the bin and it's forgotten about. No, no, no. That shit is kept on file. <laughs> they have got that shit locked up. They are planning to keep mm-hmm. every single shred of that data. And I don't want to speak too far because I have a feeling this. Might even cut us off soon. Um, we've got to, uh, it gave me an extra forty minutes to record this. So if it does cut us off, I'll just say it really quickly. Graham, thanks for having uh, coming on the show. I really do appreciate it, mate. Um, and thanks, um, General. And we'll wrap it up there. But if it lets us keep recording, then we'll keep going. Hopefully, it just lets you keep recording. Please keep recording, Zoom. <laughs> I'm just this is all new to us, folks. So just for the members out there, this is all new to us. This is the direction we're probably going to go to. So the members will get the video, and the rest of the listeners will get the audio. Looks like it's going to keep me going on this one here, which is good. It's not going to cut me good off. Good one, General. Awesome. Uh, but, yeah, you see what I mean, Ethan. Um, and, and everything, you, I agree with Andy, what he was saying. That's that's just the smokescreen part of it. But, yeah, this is the direction they're going. There's a, there's a reason they do these things. You know, they don't do it for mm-hmm. for shits and giggles and because they want to just toy around with some of this stuff. It's all it's all planned. You know what I mean? There are people in positions of power, like we talked about, Henry mm-hmm. Palaszczuk sitting there. Uh, holding all of that data I mean, uh, with China, you know, over in China there with these big data banks of all the DNA collection stuff. I mean, we're naive to think that this stuff is, like I said, is just thrown in the bin after they've done the test. Wakey, wakey, yeah. folks. You know? Absolutely. And where society's naive enough to believe that the eugenics vision that has been around for ages went away with Hitler. It didn't go away. It just transformed into a modern versions, you know, like yeah. people, oh, the eugenics was only in the olden days. No, the same eugenicists, the same population controllers are still in charge. Their offsprings are still here. They're still involved with it. And they have a grand vision for humanity. And you've hit the nail on the head, boys. It is a smokescreen. And with no regulation. That's that's the part that scares me this. too. No, unregulated. <laughs> It can just go wherever it wants, you know, and and it is in other countries. And now it's going to come to Australia where we have little protection for this and our federal police force who are at Brisbane airport last night with, they were were holding like semi-automatic weapons weapons just standing there. These are the blokes that are going to have DNA for criminal investigations. Take a look, ladies and gentlemen, you know, that's, this is what we need to be concerned about. And I think that even if it's not exactly as we predict, you know, we need to make it as, as far as, as possible in terms of where this can go, because there is no limit. So we can just imagine that it goes as far as possible because they can imagine it too. So we need to imagine it first for people so that they become outraged and try to stop it. So this is where I think this type of thing's heading and everything really is manifested so far and i think that they're going to use this in nefarious ways and and andy you were right about something too and it's always good to stress when we talk about all these systems coming in it that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to affect us right there is a going to be a split in society there is going to be people that are trying to get away from all of this stuff but this is what's coming for the for the sheep as scott morrison called them 
uh, last week, yeah. getting the sheep through the gate. This is uh, what is happening. So mm-hmm. for those people that are, are willfully following the agenda, this is the transhumanist vision that awaits them. Um, and the Epsilon agenda is just going to keep ramping up so that all of birth is controlled in the future and you're only one small step mm-hmm. away from these visions. And you're right, General. It's been planned for decades because the, these books, Brave New World, 1932, 84. Orwell, 1940. Oh, sorry, yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah, sorry. Orwell's yeah. book in 1949, you know, mm-hmm. a decade later. These books were in the 30s and 40s. You know, this is... It's older than most people that I know, <laughs> mm. these books. So this this vision has been in work for a long time and we're starting to see it manifest. Now I'm going to, I'm going to put a link in the show notes for anyone out there who obviously people like to listen to this show. So they like listen to podcasts and listen to things. I'm going to put a link in the show notes for a, an audio version, free download of uh, 1984 if you want to listen to the, re-listen to that, folks. Uh, it's all for free via the uh, web archive website as well. So I'll put a link in the show notes. Everyone can re-listen to that book. And uh, when you do read, listen to that book, do it under the guise of thinking about the world as it is now under this COVID, you know, suppression and all this sort of shit. And uh, it'll it'll really shake people loose if they think of it in terms of that sort of thing too. I re-listened, re-read that book just recently as well. And I, it just blew me away. It blows me every time I read that book, but I'm like, just to hear it again in the, in, and think of it in the terms of the world as it is now, I'm like, far out. This just drives you. I just want to like there and show, grab someone and go, listen to this, you know, grab the headphones and put it on their head, you know. Um, that's what it makes you feel when you re listen to it. Yeah. Um, I'll put this up with a link. I, I'm not sure that if, if you got a link by chance of an audio one for um, Brave New World. If not, that's okay. I'll try and look for one. Yeah, mate, I do. Um, oh. It's not, there's, there's, there's full audio books, but I'll send you a link to a great one that is, it's sort of a, it's a condensed version where it really just highlights the main parts, but it was actually narrated by Aldous Huxley himself wow. in 1953. Okay. And yeah. he, send it through. It's in, because back then they used to do, um, it was almost cinematic, uh, movies but they were in audio form mm. like with books it was sort of the first audio book so there's like a soundtrack behind it so yeah, like cool. there's deep music and then it goes for certain parts while he's talking and it it really is a phenomenal production so i'll oh, leave I like it for, yeah that'd be for fantastic to go. send it yeah, through it's it's really a, a chilling thing to to see this is as you said mate great uh Orwell is what's happening now with the mass propaganda and you know as he says in the first uh, chapter of the book that the the clock strike 13 yeah. you know this sort of distortion of reality when brave new world is the vision of what they want to create so both are vitally important and huxley was orwell's uh, french teacher and they were very interconnected yeah so. there you go small world in a brave new world mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well that about wraps it up for anything i wanted to to, to bring to the table for for this episode as well uh, again, of course, wanted to extend my uh, gratitude to Graham for sparing the time as well for, for getting kicked out of home and uh, hitting up his mate's place to use his Zoom. So thanks, Graham, for, for doing that, mate. It's really good to connect with you again. And um, yeah, if you if you do get to make your way up here to Brisbane again, mate, um, I'm, us, us boys like to make a concerted effort to to go and have a beer somewhere with you that's uh, friendly to, to non-segregation type places and uh and we'll go and patronise them and enjoy a beer together again uh, like we did the first time we met, mate. Um, 
So yeah, thanks, thank you. General. Yeah, thanks for your time. It'd be great to see you again. And I think I owe you a beer from the last one. Uh, uh, don't worry about it. My pleasure. Gonna, My pleasure to give you. A I was going to say, uh, with respect to what Ethan was saying, uh, eugenicists now are known as ma- neo-Malthusians, aren't they? Uh, mm, actually, wow. Stuart and I had a question. If we uh, before we get cut off, uh, sure. you guys know a lot. Uh, what what's your view as to why Greg Hunt resigned as the health minister? And where will we see him pop up next? Um, I'll give you my thoughts on that one, first of all. Well, we all know that this is not a, uh, an isolated incident. There is now a trend of people, uh, you know, the rats fleeing the sinking ship. Um, they all like to do their deed and then they, you, they have an exit strategy. Uh, that's what I believe anyway. These, all of these people have a, they, they are tools, they're puppets. They get told to do their certain things and they are provided with an exit strategy, whether it's even if it goes against their, their good name, um, they don't care. It doesn't matter to them. People soon forget about them once they've left, uh, you know, they're out of the zeitgeist um, and they'll, mm-hmm. prop up, they'll prop up working for, you know, um, um, what's uh, Klaus Schwab's outfit, uh, World Economic Forum, you know, they'll pop up over there. They'll pop up in a meeting at Davos in a picture and you'd be like, wait a minute, that's Greg Hunt. You know, they'll, they'll find their way in, in amongst um, with the rest of the rats anyway after they've left the ship. Uh, that's my that's my two cents, Andy. What do you reckon uh, with mm-hmm. regards to Greg Hunt? Yeah, I reckon he'd be parachuted in some pharmaceutical position somewhere. Oh, nice. um, yeah. You know, I, I think I think the federal the federal federal government is definitely the federal liberal government um, must must be smelling blood in the water. Um, and <laughs> it was funny that uh, Albanese character that they were. Like he's lost weight and he's starting to, you know, I think he's starting to look reasonable and stuff. And I'm thinking, you bastards, you just, you're just grooming this prick for the next like PM job, mm. you know. I could, uh, when I when I saw that, I thought, oh. So it, yeah, start so, teaching uh, the kids how to spell Albanese, you know. <laughs> yeah, you, you see that, seen that with um, like Rudd. Remember. Rudd leading up to his prime ministership when they sort of oh, Kevin seven Kevin seven mate yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean they really are they really are unbelievable this crowd but um anyway we're gonna, Ethan, we're gonna turn our back on the whole thing of it yeah What's mate your- I think I think you'll probably end up in the private sector probably pharmaceuticals things are so crazy now that he'll just he might even just end up as like an advisor at Pfizer and no one will bat an eye. <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, who knows where he'll end up. And we know that Greg Hunt has been here for a long time in these roles. Like he has built up some relationships and connections, especially within the medical fields. He's gone to all of these massive pharmaceutical company uh, benefit dinners for millions of dollars with doctors and everything over the years. This is I think the route that's going to take him into the private sector. Previously, they would go to, you know, prime ministership and all this type of stuff and be groomed. You remember Scott Morrison was the former health minister in 2015 when he passed no jab, no play. He was the one that was responsible for no jab, no pay and stuff. So, I, you know, I assumed it was going to continue on that lineage of sort of the medical bureaucrats as, as the tyrants. But I think that there's a, too much heat on them now. Look at um, Berejiklian and all of these people that are leaving in, in numbers. I don't think mm. that people are 
very accommodating to them getting higher roles within government. So they're just going to be handed their luxury roles in the private sector, mate. We've got a red carpet here for you wherever you want to go. Thank you for your service to the new world order. Um, we're going to make sure that we look after you very well. And that's what I think. He might even end up in China or something, you know. The only reason I mentioned the World Economic Forum is because remember there's that when he did one of his Zoom things um, talking to the press, lo and behold, on his bookshelf behind him, he had a copy of The Great Reset. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And he yeah. he actually has, um, I shared some stuff on Twitter, which um, from a guy I follow and who, who actually did a bit of background on Hunt and his connections. And yeah, he's got ties to the WEF as well. So um, that's the only reason why I sort of threw that one out there as well. What do you reckon, Graham? You've asked us, what's your thoughts? Oh, yes. As, as I expected, I've gained great insights from all three of you. <laughs> and uh, yes, look, probably a farmer position, uh, a small P, capital H-A-R-M, small A. Um, look at where Julia Gillard ended up. You uh, Did I get that from... Uh, TOTT News, or you know yeah. what the story yeah. was there. The Welcome Trust was mentioned. Uh, yeah, head of the board. Was, uh, was it, yeah, chairman of it, or chairperson, or chair, however you like to call it. So she was well rewarded, uh, and it was obviously a position that didn't require someone <laughs> of great intelligence. It's obviously something she did while she was in power that uh, helped uh, Big Pharma. And so I, I dare say that... Uh, Greg Hunt will end up with something similar, mm. maybe even better paying than that. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, look, thank you very much for you, you've answered that question rather well, I think. And what about, hasn't he got about four brothers and they are all involved in this sort of stuff? Yeah, I believe so. I believe he does have an extended sort of family and they're sort of involved in advisor roles and everything like that. It's, as you mentioned before, mate, it's a big network. As uh, Carlin used to say, it's a big club and we ain't in it. That's it, mate. <laughs> well, let me just quickly show you this, boys. So I'll just quickly share the screen now. Uh, so here's our, we talked about uh, Kevin07. Can you see the screen now, boys? So that's um, mm. Kevin Rudd. He now heads up. He's the president, the Honourable Kevin Rudd of the Asia Society Policy Institute and one of the key supporters of the institute, of course, or you got Pfizer, uh, uh, Open Society Foundation, Rockefeller Foundation, and the bastard's sitting on uh, 988,000 US uh, salary. So well done. Well done, Kevin. Congratulations to you. Uh, but there you go. So this is the sort of shit. It'll be a similar position somewhere else. Greg Hunt. Ties to pharma, ties to whatever the other things are. It'll be the same sort of shit. Um, yeah, you, you wonder why he was talking trash about all the protests and everything, you know. Yeah, they, yeah. You see him all over Twitter. He's always bringing up, you know, how Australia's uh, Murdoch has allowed an anti-vax sentiment to grow with Sky News Australia and all this stuff, you know, and uh, it's against public health. And we, we now know why, mate. You're sitting on nice little bonus there. That's it. Uh, Dude, right. guys, we it's enough to make you vomit. <laughs> Not that I want to leave the show on that kind of note, but anyway. Um, <laughs> look, um, I wanted to say this to all the listeners out there. Uh, a big Merry Christmas to you all. Uh, it's currently about the 19th of December, so Christmas is only a few days away. Uh, Ethan, Andy, and Gray, Merry Christmas to you three gentlemen as well. Thank you so much for a wonderful year and all the hard work we all do. It does not go unappreciated. Love you boys very much. Um, and Graham, to you as well, my friend. 
Thank you so much for your um, your efforts for putting truth out there and speaking your mind and holding your ground and holding the line, mate. Um, you know, you're uh, you set a good example for a lot of people out there as well. So just keep doing what you're doing, mate, and we we'll, we'll support you as well as much, and we appreciate the support you give us as well, mate. Um, but yeah, Merry, Merry Christmas to all the listeners. Uh, sorry, um, yeah, any last words before you uh, wrap it up, mate? Me, a pleasure, General. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, I, I gain a lot from you guys, your insights, your dedication, and you guys set a great example. And uh, uh, I hope that continues. I'm sure it will through next year, in case unless I get thrown in the clink or something. Uh, but no, you do a great job with your alternative media. And uh, uh, this is the sort of media I look to these days to, to get as close to the truth as possible. It's you guys plus Patrick Henningsen, you know, 21st Century Wire, UK Column News, The Health Ranger, you know, Delling Pole, Corbett, those people. That's where the real news is. So uh, you guys are on the front line and uh, greatly appreciate being associated with you. And uh, again, and also, uh, I say likewise, all the very best for Christmas and uh, New Year to you and your families. So, It'll be another interesting year, I dare say. Uh, <laughs> you guys are at the forefront, so uh, uh, thank you for having me on. Thanks, Graham. Uh, Andy, any last words before we wrap it up? I might just quickly close my window because the dog's barking. Oh, no, I think we, um, I think we had a good coverage uh, this afternoon, General. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd just like to. I know you've thanked Graham, but uh, I'd like to thank Graham personally for his time this afternoon and. And thank you for your, all your efforts. Uh, I know it's taxing on the family and, and everything, and uh, you know, and and it can be can be a bit crushing at times. But uh, mate, keep on doing. You're on the right side of history, and uh, and and keep it up. And Merry Christmas to you. Thank you, Andy. Thank you. Same to you, Ethan. Um, to wrap it up, mate. Yeah, thanks uh, to Graham as well, mate. I look forward to having a beer with you the next time we're up here. We'll actually have to arrange a location to meet up because the last couple of times we've gone to meet up at the rally, but it's been too massive to find each other. So we have to set up a location yeah. to meet at so we can uh, get that beer in. Uh, but I look forward to that. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and to all the listeners out there. Um, I hope you had a good time at the Freedom Rallies on the weekend, took some time to celebrate um, it's going to be a big year in 2022. Thank you for your support of the show um, throughout this year. And uh, we're going to be here for next year. Whatever happens, it's going to be a big one. Elections, all that type of stuff going on. So we'll continue to be here and, and bring you the, the truth as it uh, unfolds in this country. Awesome. Thank you, Ethan. All the very best. And we should never complain about those big numbers at the rally, uh, I guess. <laughs> There's worse things <laughs> you, to be upset about. <laughs> yes, you put on very good ones up there. Yes, all the very best to you uh, through next year. Thanks. Mate. Awesome. Thanks, gentlemen. Well, that about wraps it up for Season 4, Episode 5 with our special guest, Graham Lyons, for the General Knowledge Podcast for 2021. Uh, that'll be it for this year. We'll be back uh, in January sometime. Uh, I've got my wife's 40th birthday coming up too so um we'll probably have to tee it up just after that andy's uh, andy's pretty psyched he's going to come along um uh it's going to be um something to, to focus on of course moving forward as well into next year we'll keep our tabs on things of uh the community nature of stuff and what's happening uh around our groups um and trying to, to set up this parallel system because that seems to be the only way out of it we've done many discussions on 
what uh, what other ways we can move move around this and through it. And that seems to be the only way through it. So we're going to keep our finger on the button. Uh, please do and join up listeners over at, if you're not a member over at TOTT News, even if it's just a standard membership where it's like a free membership, he does offer that as well for specific content. Um, but if you're not supporting my boy, man, get over there and, and throw your support behind Ethan. He does this shit full time. Um, this is this he relies on on all the listeners, all you guys, all the people reading these subscriptions and stuff to keep himself going. So um, you, you're got you're getting real news, all right. Don't don't throw my thing behind it, but you're getting real news from him. You know what I mean? Forget the mainstream shit. That's just laughable. Um, yeah. So do that. Um, and thank you're welcome anytime. Of course, uh, always plug you, man. Um, anyone who wants to watch the the video feed of this and see the screenshots and flow along with what we're doing, please jump over at my Patreon link. I'll put it in the show notes as well. Get behind me as well. Um, Graham's one of our, our supporters as well. That's why we like to have a chat to him as well. He's he's more than happy to throw his his support behind us. So um, yeah, please do. I'll put a link in the show notes as well. So this is a thing, new thing we'll probably start to do a bit more as well because it allows us to show the listeners what we're actually talking about while we're talking about it. Starting to move into the Zoom sort of things. We've done Skype for the last you know nearly four years or whatever. Uh, start to roll with the punches and, and, and make sure we can put out some more and interesting and better content for the folks out there who are supporting us. So, big thanks to all you guys and all the members of the mind.
Drop the beat.